You know, over the last several weeks, 10 actually, we navigated a sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, This morning, our text is going to, you're going to hear echoes of the fruit, but not in the same way. It's going to be a little different. It is, of course, the same fruit, the same fruit of God's Spirit that is made known first in Pentecost and then, of course, later when they are described by, by Paul. We'll hear hints of that. So if you have your Bible or if you want to follow along on your phone, we're in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Let us listen together for God's word to us this day. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me. As I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, And my words abide in you. Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. So on its face, Jesus in this text is giving us a lesson on God as a thoughtful and patient gardener. For this gardener, there are branches that bear no fruit, and those branches get removed from the vine. Then there are branches that bear much fruit. Those get cut back a little bit, pruned so that they might bear more fruit into the world. Jesus reminds them that indeed he is the vine. They, They are the branches. Jesus is doing something else here. He is setting up relationships setting up his relationship with these disciples and with everyone who will hear and read this word, even have it proclaimed to them in the millennia since. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. You are to abide in me so that you might bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't bear fruit. Not the fruit that that will last, not the fruit that will help to transform the world You must be connected to me. And indeed, Jesus says that God is glorified even as and because we bear fruit. Jesus is describing something here. He is in this story. He's telling us that this this journey of faith that we are on, in fact, each of us, uh, we are on a journey of growth. Our faith teaches us that growth is the universal hope and pattern of the life that God authors. Growth, the universal hope and pattern of life. Beloved, you, I, we, together, we are growing things. On one hand, you might say, of course, preacher, I've been growing all my life. But on the other hand, uh, we often resist growing. We often ignore growth, even as it's happening around us. And Jesus is telling the disciples, as you grow, 
in relationship to love, as you grow in relationship to me, you will change. As you grow in relationship with me, there is something that will happen amongst us, and you will be changed. You are supposed to change, in fact. You are not static beings. In fact, change is part of God's work in the world. God made you to grow, Jesus is telling the disciples. You are not finished work. It's very interesting. This teaching is from the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John. We got about five more chapters in that Gospel. There are going to be times when the disciples are going to think that they are done with the work of growth. They are going to think that the teaching that Jesus has given is over and done, and now they can just hold it tightly and carry it with them in the world. But then what they will realize is that as they carry the static thing into the world, their experience of the world will not match up. That thing that they are carrying as disciples has to be able to change. They have to recognize that the work is not done. So on one hand, we are growing things, but on the other hand, we are things that need pruning. We are people... Indeed, we are a community that needs someone, a a thoughtful, caring gardener, to come along and to find those parts within us uh, that need, they need to get cut off. Uh, Not in a a negative way necessarily, but so that those things that are growing, they can have more energy, more life-giving substance being given to them. Jesus is telling the early disciples this, but it's actually a message for all of us. As you grow, you will notice, he tells the disciples, that there are branches within you that that don't bear fruit like they should. And if you're paying attention, then you will see and sense the Spirit of God coming along and pruning those. Now, those branches aren't going to look like physical branches. Those branches are going to look like uh, some relationships that need pruning. Those branches are going to look like some, some practices that need pruning, those Those branches are going to look like some activities that you are devoted to in your personal life and in your life together that need some pruning. Those branches are going to get pruned. If they don't get pruned, they're going to wither and fall off anyway. So the the thoughtful gardener comes by and prunes those. Now, what's interesting here in the text is that the the translator of this text makes uh, an odd decision in verse 6. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. So I don't know about you, but I really like verses 1 through 5. But 6, the fire and the burning, not so much. But then if we spend a little bit more time in the text, we realize that the translator made an interesting decision. Whoever. Whoever is the decision that is made by the translator. Whoever does not abide in me, there's this personification that happens in this translation. Uh, You're not going to find whoever in the text, though. It, It might be more honest for us to say those things that do not abide in me, they will be thrown away like a branch. They will wither. And those things those things will be gathered up and they'll be placed in a fire. It's actually not as startling as you might think. It's really what you do. Uh, You pick up branches or you you prune a vine and and then you dispose of those things that don't have life anymore. 
But we throw whoever in there, we think, we imagine this verse has been used actually to say that there's this whole group of people that are connected to the vine and this whole group of people that have been cut off and then they get thrown into the fire and burn. And I don't know about you, but that's not the God that we worship, right? So if we make the turn and we say, in fact, that Jesus is telling this story saying that I am the vine and you are the branches, he's actually discerning for us and presenting to us a universal pattern a universal pattern in his life, but also in our lives. That is that there are things within us that when we are deeply connected to love, they grow and they flourish and they bear much fruit. And then there are things when they are disconnected, they need to be pruned. Because we automatically equate the image of some vision of hell and damnation, we want to avoid it. But I tell you, I think it's good news actually that the parts of us that are not truly connected to love will be pruned by the thoughtful gardener. What we realize then and what Jesus is trying to share with the disciples is that the more that we are connected to God, the more that they are connected to love, the more they are going to be changed. They are going to grow. They're going to look different over time. But their change is going to be rooted in love. See, love is not content to leave you where you are. Love is not content for you to remain the same. Love is continually at work within each of you and within each of us, changing us, helping us to grow. Love, it turns out, is an infinitely creative power to transform not just us, but the world. Love is always encouraging us to grow into our truest, realist self. But in order for that to happen, parts of us have to be pruned. Here's a problem. A problem is when we commit to the branches that no longer produce fruit within us. Branches that that haven't grown for quite a while, they haven't borne much fruit in our lives, but we've decided not to prune them. It's interesting, though, what happens when we decide to give in and say, take this thing from me. It's no longer bearing good fruit. Something brand new can be born. Energy can be given to the thing that will bear good fruit. I was learning about what it meant to do premarital counseling in seminary. The professor that was teaching us about what it meant to counsel in that way was Dr. Bill Harkins. He's one of my favorite professors. He was fond of shocking classes when he began to teach them about premarital counseling. He would tell them, I've been married five times. And he'd let it sit. Then he'd say to the same woman, it turns out that I've lived and been in relationship in five different ways as, as the man that I am. And she, she's had at least five iterations as well. What we've realized over time is that in our marriage, we needed to prune some things. Some things were gonna stop bearing fruit and so we pruned them and and that gave energy and goodness and life to something else and we together, we were reborn. Something brand new came into being. See, this is the hope that Jesus is talking about. This is the universal pattern that is a part of every one of our lives and even of our church. But it's not just a pattern for us. It's actually a pattern for all of the world. 
See, if it's universal, it can't just be for us. It must be for everybody or it's not universal. And what's interesting about this pattern of growth is that when we understand it and when we see it in our lives and in the world, then it, it helps us when we're watching someone else prune and someone else grow to have grace and empathy. Or maybe it even helps us to give language to something that a friend or a coworker or a family member is going through. When pruning is happening, it, it can be difficult, but it can also be life-giving. I thought about this verse a lot this week with the thought of our students returning to school. Obviously, we're kicking off Sunday school and this year, but we have a lot of kids making the transition, perhaps for the first time, uh, into a physical classroom. Some making a transition to a new school. So for our students today, I just want to share with you three truths that I think there are in this text. But it's not just for our students. It's actually for each and every single one of us. We are growth, people of growth, are we not? Here's my challenge for you, and then the three truths will follow. My challenge for you this school year is to embrace God's hope for you in the year ahead. The universal pattern of growth that is going to happen in your life and in the world. I wonder if each of us might commit this day to embracing the growth that God is trying to author in our lives. Here are the three truths that are going to come along if you embrace the challenge of growing together. The first truth is that it will probably hurt to grow. If you remember when you were going through growing pains as a, as a teen, right? I don't know about you, but my legs would hurt when I slept at night, right? It would hurt to know in some ways my body was changing, it was growing, and, and growth in our, our spiritual and emotional lives, it feels the same way. But Cleo Wade says this, very, through, very few breakthroughs come without a few breakdowns along the way. So stay the course. Our personal evolution brings much brilliance to our lives, but it can also bring some pain and some discomfort with it. While our spiritual or emotional shifts do bring us closer to our best selves, they also simultaneously move us away from the space in which we may have been comfortably living before. Do you hear that, people? While this growth that is happening might be drawing us to something that is more true and real and life-giving, it's also drawing us away from something that we've been comfortable in. First truth is that growth is going to hurt, so be gentle with yourself as you navigate that road. The second truth is this. You will, if you commit to growing in the year ahead, you're going to be different than some of the people around you, perhaps even from your family. Because it is a difficult journey that most do not embark on, growth. Maya Angelou famously said, most people don't grow up. It's too dang difficult. What happens is that most people just get older. That's the truth of it. They honor their credit cards and they find parking spaces and they marry and they have the nerve to have children, but they don't grow up, not really. They get older. But to grow up, it costs something. It costs the earth. It means that you take responsibility for the time that you take up and for the space you occupy. Growing up is serious business. You find out what it costs to love and then to lose, to dare and then to fall, and maybe even more so to succeed. 
The second truth is that if you commit to growth in the year ahead, you will be different than the people around you, but also you will be different a year from now. Final truth about growth is this, making this commitment. It will be a gift. It might not feel that way as you're navigating it, but it will be a gift because here's the thing that Jesus was trying to teach the disciples and Jesus is trying to teach us this day. Every time, every time that someone loves themselves better, builds their self-awareness, understands their patterns, improves their ability to communicate, expands their compassion for others, the future of humanity grows brighter. Your growth, your healing impacts the world by bringing just a bit of new peace into it. Those are the words of young Pueblo. Here's the thing about growth. If you want to grow fast, you're going to have to grow alone. But if you want to grow far, then you have to go and grow with others. Jesus did not teach this lesson just to one of the disciples. He taught it to a whole group of them. He said, there are things within you that need pruning so that new things might grow. Your growth, disciples, is the hope of God. Your growth, when you commit to it, places you in the midst of the universal pattern of God's work in the world. Your growth is a gift, not just to yourself, but to the world. And finally, it's a gift to God. So, beloved, this day we embark on a brand new season. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, but indeed that pattern is actually within each of us. Here's my challenge for everyone this week. As we go into our weeks, I wonder, I wonder what it might look like to step back and to look at the vine and the branches that you are. What is it in your life that needs some pruning? What is it in your life that is bearing fruit that you couldn't possibly author? What is it that God might be nudging you to say, I'm going to take this so that something brand new might be born within you? My prayer and my hope for you and for our community is the same prayer and hope that I think Christ had for those early disciples, that we would be open and that we would trust. We'd be open to be pruned, but we would trust that God was going to do something beautiful, bearing much fruit that would glorify God and bring peace and hope and grace to the world. So may it be so for each of us this day, for our church and for the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Amen.